Good morning. So last week we finished a series called Body Life. And next week we start a series called Lessons from Trees. This is Marin County. Lots of tree huggers, probably some of you. So maybe even me. Uh, so uh, we're going to learn lessons from trees. That may or may not mean what it sounds like, but... Uh, I'm interested to see where Gary will take us with that. In the meantime, that leaves today. So you get me for one day, and I'm going to do an entire series, but we're going to do it all this morning. Um, the passage I read earlier, I want to read it again, and a little more of the passage around it from St. Matthew. Uh, imagine that you are on a retreat this morning. So I don't know how different that would be for you, like being on a spiritual retreat, say, as opposed to being at church on Sunday morning. I don't know if that would be very similar or very different. But imagine you're on a retreat. Well, I could, we could do better than imagine. Let's go on a retreat right now in this room for about the same length of time we meet for church. How about that? So get into that mode. And let's do something that's highly reflective. And the subject matter on the table is presence. Your, your own presence, i.e. being present, and God's presence, something that anyone has experienced it comes to very quickly highly value. Uh, that's the focus, just presence. And we're gonna talk about that and then I'm gonna lead you through a uh, retreat style exercise. It's a solitude exercise, but you can totally do it amongst others. Think of it as public solitude. Meanwhile, I'm gonna read this passage and as I read it, Look out, maybe even physically look around, look out the windows, whatever. Get yourself conscious of where you are and what got you here. Maybe why you're here. Because that's part of being present. Kind of fully show up. Check in with your emotional spectrum. What emotions am I carrying with me? Am I sad? Am I happy? Am I angry, and just give yourself permission for any and all emotions just to, to be welcome. These are your allies, ideally. So bring your whole self into the space. Words of Jesus. I was going to sort of pick and choose from this passage because some of it seems more appropriate than others, and I thought, nope, just going to let fly. So this is how he put it according to this passage in Matthew chapter 6. Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. 
For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, will he not much more clothe you? O oh, you of little faith! So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these such things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. All that beautiful, poetic words, and then it ends on each day has enough trouble of its own. Really? That's how you finish that? It's important, though, because the encouragement not to worry assumes that we're thinking about trouble. Right? If there were a way to just delegate tomorrow's trouble to tomorrow fully, and focus on today's trouble, you could handle the trouble today better because part of your mind isn't being used up worrying about tomorrow's trouble, which you literally can't do anything about anyway because tomorrow, in a way, doesn't exist. Now, it's a real thing. It will be here for sure, but it doesn't exist presently. That's why we call it tomorrow. Presently is a full, full life, right now, right here. One way I think of presence is fully feeling your story. In each of our pasts, there is 
moments and events and troubles and fond, beautiful memories and experiences and lessons learned and milestones, trauma, everything, the whole package. And it leaves us in our present moment the way we are. We have everything in our past to thank for the way we are right now, right? There's more to it than that. I realize that other people and their past affect us too. And that's important to realize. But those people are in our past. So it's really the same package. What you've experienced is producing how you are. Now that could sound a little uh, dooming, like we're just sort of victimized by whatever happens. Not at all. We're gonna reflect on that really deeply today, about as deeply as I think we can in this context. So I would request, ask you to uh, maybe ratchet up the possibility, the sense of possibility just a little bit. Really think of yourself as on a retreat. And I'm gonna ask you to reflect very deeply on some things. Uh, I wanna read one more passage first. This one's really short. From Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. Genesis 1, 2. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. I could just keep reading that because I'm the kind of personality that kind of gets off on the beautiful poetic mystery of things. I had the privilege of uh, spending a good while unpacking this verse in Hebrew, and it was more vivid than it is in English. In Hebrew, in English, hovering, think about that word, what hovers? Anybody? Like, throw out some hovering, what comes to mind? Drones. What's that? Drones. Drones hover, indeed, moths. yes, drones. Moths. Moths. <laughs> Swarms of gnats. Hummingbirds hover. Helicopters hover. What's that? Fog hovers. Good, yes? Yes. Okay. Now, I'm not an expert. Dr. Greg Watson is with us this morning, and he is. Uh, so if I say something wrong, he can correct me. In Hebrew, this seems to have a poetic implication of something very, very alive. Hummingbird might be closer. There's one other place in the scripture where the word is used, and it's used as a giant mother bird of prey 
hovering over her freshly laid eggs. Isn't that vivid? Picture, picture a large bird mother hovering over her freshly laid eggs, and hovering becomes really alive, sitting on them, flying over them, laying them. I mean, just it's this very kind of pregnant thing. And it's all about potential and possibilities and protection and presence. The presence of God. Let's just zoom in on that just for a second. Just give yourself freedom to imagine. If God was something like a big mother bird with freshly laid eggs, what's in those eggs? It's God, right? Among many other things, I would say all of us. You can do whatever you want with that. But God's presence was always with us and our big epic story that all of us have been living as humanity and us individuals are now living our part of that big epic, it doesn't continue without us. What happens to you on a random Tuesday is a part of the epic human story. So, just one of, part of being present is aware of, being aware of God's presence. We're gonna take a, here's the exercise, we're gonna take a five-stop tour of your past. Now, I've done this before a couple of times in smaller groups. Does anyone remember taking a five-stop tour of your past? Somebody, someone may recognize this, a couple of people. Uh, here's how this works. First, just kind of check in with your body, make sure you're relaxed. And get into that solitude space. And the first stop, is when you're very young. So kind of go back in your memory to when you were a little kid, and your mind is gonna start filtering through random memories. Just pick one and get a hold of it. A memory of when you were a little kid. So just go with that one. And just remember, and get your five senses involved to enhance your memory. What were you seeing? What might you have been smelling or tasting? What would you have been touching or feeling? Just Take a moment, focus on that memory. Now you're gonna add something to the memory that maybe you've thought of before and maybe you haven't. 
Give yourself permission to just use your imagination. Don't worry about being right or wrong. Just imagine Christ present in that memory. Christ is there, and he remembers what you remember. You may not have been aware of him. That's okay. Now imagine Christ has some, something to tell you. At that age, in that memory, imagine if he spoke to you what he might have said to you as a little kid in this memory. What would Christ say? So take that message, and if you can, just log it in your mind, that's fine. If you need to grab something to write on, uh, please do so. Uh, and jot down something about that message that, don't worry about putting words in God's mouth. This is just, it's you and your imagination. Uh, and record that message. And then fast forward a little bit to a, to a next, to stop number two. You're a little older. We're going to make five stops. The fifth one is right here in this room. So on stop number two, you're a little older. You might still be a kid. You might not. I don't know. But as you fast forward, memories will start coming up. Pick one again. Get a hold of it. Let it just come random. That's okay. And do the same thing. Really focus on the memory. Get your five senses involved. Was it hot or cold? What were you feeling? What were you seeing? What did you hear? Any particular voices that were in your life at that time? Were you alone? Were you in a crowd? Once again, imagine Christ is present in that memory. And however you feel about that is fine. That's, that's how you feel about it. Don't worry about that. Just picture his presence, however you do that. And again, see if he has a message to you at that age, at that time, in that circumstance. What might you imagine Christ would tell you if you were listening at that time? Feel free to grab a piece of paper if you haven't yet, if you, if you need one. Uh, write down this message. Now fast forward again. You're even older. It's later. This is stop number three. Same thing. Let the memories just kind of shuffle in your mind and then grab one. And get a hold of it. Zoom into it. What were you seeing, touching, feeling, experiencing, hearing? Go through like a, like a little list of your senses and each one brings memory more to a clearer picture. And again, if Christ were present, picture him as present 
in that memory. And again, if he were to speak to you in that circumstance, and if you were listening, what would you have heard? Imagine that. These may be very different messages in each memory, or they may be very similar. I don't know. Record that message. And fast forward to fourth stop. Let your memories shuffle and land on something. This is going to be maybe more recent. It still could be years ago, or it could be yesterday. Just grab a memory and prior to today and focus on it. What were you seeing, hearing, feeling? Who's present? Are you alone? What has happened? What emotions might you have been experiencing? Picture Christ's presence in that memory. And he has something to say to you in that circumstance. What do you imagine that would be? And record that message. Now fast forward again to now. You're sitting in Bay Marin. We're here, we're having this conversation. Get your five senses involved. What are you seeing, feeling, hearing, thinking? What emotions do you carry? Now imagine Christ present with you here, now in this room. Maybe it's better to say in this day. And if he has a message for you now, what might that be? Don't worry about whether you hear him correctly or not. Let it be your imagination. What might the message be? And record that one. So now you have five messages that you've imagined from Christ based on your memories and your presence. Now, again, back to the first part. Feel your full presence here where you are. Part of your, part of being present is consciously experiencing the future colliding with the past, meeting the past. Let's unpack that just a little bit in our heads for a moment. The, everybody has a past, and the past hugely influences how you're experiencing your present. Hugely. Can't overstate it. Imagine if you had complete amnesia and you just didn't remember anything at all and you were fully present. You could be fully present, but it's a totally different picture 
with no memories. You can't overstate how powerful, and this is obvious, this is kind of a duh, it's just helpful to get it into our consciousness. But our past is making how we're being all the time. That presence of God that hovered over the surface of the waters, whatever that means, I just love it. I, don't, I love mystery. I don't, I'm not a person who needs to understand the end of the matter necessarily. I'm just, that's my personality. So I just read that and I just think it's beautiful. And something's real. Somehow something was the waters and it was epic and big and God's presence was hovering over it and he's alive and it, it's, it's not even that he's a he. I don't wanna go down that tangent, but I wish we had a bigger term he, she, it doesn't say it. You know what I mean? It's, it's God. It's God. So I'm thinking God's always present fully. Fully aware of his full self. Fully. All the time. And maybe that's the basis of reality. And maybe even he invented time this gets a little heady, but we're, we're experiencing this linear experience of past, present, future. But God was probably with us then, now, always. He's just, his presence is, is just always with us. It's the same. If you've experienced the presence of God, you know, like, it's the same. When you're a little kid, same God. When you're 85 years old, same God. You may learn more, because you've changed. But there's a sense that God is alive and vivid, but not changing. So I made some notes here. Presence is consciously experiencing the future, meeting the past. We call it being present, present tense, and people value being present and thinking in the present. But if you think about it, it's a, it's a micro point. T 10 seconds from now is the future. 10 seconds ago is the past, technically. So where's the present? One millisecond from now is the future, right? Well, now it's the past. You see, you see like, we're in this speedy forward motion all the time, barreling into the future, ready or not, all the time. And there's no stopping it. We're all time travelers. We travel into the future 24 hours a day. That's what we're doing. There's no stopping it. How many people care about their future? I care about my future. I care about the future of the people in my life very much. So consciously experiencing the collision of the future into the past. Accepting the reality of your past and the mystery of your future. Accepting the reality, whatever it is the reality of your past, and the mystery of your future. 
just accepting it. Like, that's what life is. I accept it. It's amazing. Allow for the full spectrum of your emotions. This one gets really kind of tricky, even sometimes treacherous. It's like, you know, our emotions have been compared many times to like, you know, a rough sea. And it makes sense. It's very difficult to make our full spectrum of emotions uh, our allies and our friends, but they can be. Full presence is having all the full spectrum of your emotions present, at the ready, enabling you to feel whatever you need to feel to fully navigate into the future. That's a tricky one. Our own emotions scare us, and each other's emotions scare us. And being scared is, you know, very real and, and changes the game, as we all deeply understand, or any of us with any mileage deeply understand. So allow for your full spectrum of emotions. And then my favorite, number four, and I'll go over these again, on how to be fully present. This one gets ignored a lot. But it's really important, and it goes back to the Genesis 1-2. Enjoy God's creative process in the moment. Now, I used to say, trust God's creative process in the moment. And I like that, too. But trust has this sound of like a command. Like, it might assume that you don't trust. It's like, come on, trust God. Whereas... Enjoy God's creative process assumes trust. You don't enjoy what you don't trust. So rather than trying to make yourself trust, I've come to use the word enjoy because it just bypasses the problem. If you enjoy something, you trust it. Enjoy God's creative process in the moment. So here they are again, one, one, two, three, four. One, consciously experience the future colliding with the past. Every moment is kind of high drama. That's why I use the word collide. It's like, you know how important your past is and you're making more of it all the time. The present really matters. Accept the reality of your past. There's not a thing you can do about it, right? Accept the reality of your past and the mystery of your future. Now, we know some things about our future. When I mention 10 seconds from now is the future, unless we suddenly have an earthquake or something, like we, you can kind of see 10 seconds from now. It's going to look a lot like this. But there's... It's not absolutely guaranteed. It is the future. You know, it's open. Accept the reality of your past and the mystery of your future. Allow for the full spectrum of your emotions.
and enjoy God's creative process in the moment. God, as the creator hovering over the freshly laid eggs of what we call the world, uh, isn't just a past thing. God didn't make the world and then now it just is what it is. God is presently making the world. Now you can do whatever you want with this. I believe this with all my heart. Tomorrow will not occur unless God creates it. Or maybe somehow God already has. Or, but, but it's... It, that gets to the definition of God. It's the source of everything. So I'm going to read from Matthew again one, more, one last time. Before I do, stop and think about what a takeaway from this might be for you. I don't like to say, okay, go and do thus and such, unless it's really, truly a, something universal. This, today, has to do with some very subjective, very specific personal things. So pick, what's, what's a takeaway from what we've said here that you could take with you this week and value and refer to again. Pick something from whether it's maybe came up in your memory. Okay, I need to rethink that. Maybe you're not comfortable with the mystery of your future. The more uncomfortable, all, uncomfortable we are with the mystery of our future, the more controlling we tend to get. And we know how everyone else in our lives loves that. But comfort, i.e. enjoying, relaxing into the presence of God as he barrels us through time and into the future, relaxing and trusting that presence, enjoying it even, those eggs can trust this particular mother bird. Now, I know there's a lot wrong with the world, and there's a lot to talk about, and the conversation can get really complicated because what's, ha what, what's happened since creation, right? And that's okay. And talk about all of that. Take questions to God. Do it all the time. I find God answers those who really listen. It's amazing. Uh, so think about a takeaway for yourself. If nothing comes to mind, let me give you this. Our choices in the present direct and redirect 
the trajectory from our past into our future. Our choices steer us. They are not the only thing that steers us. The choices of others steer us too. Whatever choices God has make steer us first and foremost. But that's not the whole picture. The choices you make, profound effect. Choices you made yesterday have a big effect on what you're experiencing today. Many days you can look at that and see it clearly. Uh, so, unless you have something else, let me throw this out. What, say, what couple of choices, maybe pick two, what two choices can I make that will bring my life more fully present, to comprehend God's full presence with me more, to redirect a trajectory that maybe needs redirecting, and come up with like two choices that you feel God's presence in, where he's like, yeah, maybe refer to those messages you imagine from Christ might affect making a choice. And then take that to God. What would that be? So back to Matthew 6. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. I used to think this meant the future. Heaven is the future. Store up treasure for my heavenly future. That's how I used to think of it. I don't at all anymore. We can store up treasure that's very present and very here with us and very right now in abundance that we get to keep forever. When they say you can't take it with you, i.e. when you die, I say that depends on what you collect. Because we get each other very possibly forever. We get the things and the wisdoms that, wisdom that we learn forever. We get understanding forever. We get character traits, some of them, forever. So collect such things. Laying up treasure in a future heaven is like, how do you, how do you even do that? It's very vague and even kind of irritating. But living now, making choices now such that the things you are piling up that are treasure to you, things that your heart values, that are eternal presently, that don't go away when your body passes. Uh, that's the heart of what it's talking about. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I'm going to skip over a little bit. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear, is not life itself more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. Any animal people here? I know there's a few. If, if uh, I was a real animal person as a kid, it is ridiculous, it's embarrassing. I probably had Tim knows. I, I'm, I'm going to say 
Well over 200 animals as a kid. Not at the same time, but just throughout my childhood. I probably had 50 or 60 at the same time occasionally. Uh, it was ridiculous. It drove my parents crazy. But I can tell you something about animals. They're fully present. They are absolutely comfortable with their future colliding with their past. And they don't try to control it. Now, animals can be controlling, but it's usually very immediate kind of stuff, usually having something to do with food or temperature or, you know. Uh, usually in the realm of mine, not yours. But I say that not just to be funny. It, it's kind of amazing. Especially more intelligent animals. They actually model something that kind of takes our excuses away. Because we absolutely can do, we're at least animals, right? Each of us is, at minimum, a primate mammal. Minimum, okay? I'm suggesting we're way more than that. Two. But we're at least that. And a primate mammal can instinctively be fully present. Probably shouldn't have said that because it's an attractive tangent and I want to run down it. Never mind. <laughs> Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. Most of my animals were birds. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Worry and full presence don't cohabitate well. Something to think about. Why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. I don't know if you know about Solomon. It's ridiculous how rich he was. It is ridiculous. In present day money, it's like he would own 30% of North America or something like that. It's, it is ridiculous what that guy possessed. They say his stables for his horses, just the stables, was a city in itself roughly the size of San Francisco. Put that in your book. Okay. If that is how God clothes the grass that is, uh, uh, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O oh, you of little faith. I will end it there. If you feel insulted by Jesus saying you of little faith, I don't. Because Jesus also said that the tiniest bit of faith, if you had even the faith of a mustard seed, very tiny, you could say to this mountain, throw yourself in the sea and it would do it. He's, Jesus praises, praises little faith. So take that, as a, take that as a praise. 
All you need is a little bit. So let's uh, go to communion. We have two tables. And no servers. This is just serve yourself whenever you're ready. This table symbolizes Christ in your past. Past. This table symbolizes Christ in your future. Future. So if you're feeling like Christ wants you to focus on something in your past and unpack it, understand it, give it to Him, really start to explore what messages He might have for you about that, about certain memories, meet Him there. Come to the table that's a symbol of Christ in your past and take a piece of bread and dip it in you don't need to drink from the cup. Just dip it in. And if you're thinking, I need, to be, I need to meet Christ in my future. I understand Christ in my past more than Christ in my future. I want, I want to understand that more. I want to come to where I can enjoy relaxing into the presence of God in wherever He's taking me. And come meet a symbol of Christ in your future. Over here. Take a piece of the bread Dip it in the cup. Now some of you, let me just open it wide up, might need to go to both tables. Totally okay. So this is going to take just a little longer than usual and be a little more of a jumble if we could just be okay with that. So rather than a single line, just whenever you're ready, get up and have a prayerful interaction with Christ at the table about your past or your future, or both.